Welcome to the Real News Real Broadcast presented by Shekinah Worship Center. I'm your host, Dr. Maria Seaman. I'm so excited about this new avenue to connect with you and connect we shall. Interviews, opinion posts, sermons, let's talk moments. You don't want to miss this. This is for you. Here are some real moments during my recent sermon, A Pediatric Metamorphosis. Enjoy. Pediatric Metamorphosis. As time progresses, mankind uses their mind strength, their thinking ability, to discover things, might I add here, that mankind only discover or uncover that which God permits them to. You see, God covers. God covers. And in time, God allows mankind to uncover. So in all of our brilliance, it's not like we're creating something that never was. It's just in the process of time, God permits the brains, the minds to develop in a way that they then discover, uncover what he had covered. I write this to have us to understand the brilliance of the mind of mankind. Hence, more and more, mankind relies on their own thinking capacity in order to understand themselves, others, the world around them, and God. I'm trying to paint a picture for you of mankind's progressiveness. In other words, everything has a small beginning, and then it becomes greater. We operate according to the concept that the latter shall be greater than the former. We believe that things increase. It is our concept to only accept improvement, maturity, and greatness. Even nature bespeaks to this. For you have the seed. And in time, you will see the greatness and the maturity of the seed in the figure of the mighty oak tree or the vastness of the bountiful fruit growth. Then, as we look at the stages of growth in some animals, we see the egg, larva, pupa, and adult. At each stage, the presence of life gets larger and larger. Indeed, as one stage progresses to another, there is the anticipation of what shall be. You know, in the case of the butterfly, as it goes through the process of metamorphosis, you begin with the egg, then caterpillar, uh, the larva, uh, the cocoon stage, and then the final stage of the emergence of the butterfly. Even with us, life begins with the fertilized egg, then moves on to the zygote, then the fetus, and then the baby. And then once the baby is born, it grows into a toddler, a child, a preteen, the teen, the young adult, and then the adult. There can be no doubt in the mind of mankind that there is growth moving from immaturity to maturity. There are more possibilities moving from immature to maturity. There is success moving from immaturity to maturity. The essence of this introduction, don't miss it, is to remind you of what you already know. 
That is that in life you are naturally set to see things progress and move from good to better to best. So let's take a look at point one, the focus. Verse one, at the same time, look at it, you got to picture it. At the same time came the disciples unto Jesus saying, who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? Church, the focus of the disciples is wrong. They're not asking Jesus about their mission, their duty, or the next destination. No. At the same time, all of them come to Jesus asking him about power. Yeah, yeah, power. The more things change, church, the more things remain the same. Yeah, church, their mind is where they want to be. They are interested not in humility, not in serving. Not in how they might show forth meekness. No, they are not going low. They are going high. They are not addressing the king of the kingdom as it pertains to how the kingdom works. They have no clue. Yet Jesus is about to teach them a thing or two. Who is the greatest? Think about it. No one would ask such a question unless they themselves had hopes of being chosen as the greatest. Come on now. You're in the running. You know, you made it to the final, final 10 of the Miss World, Miss Universe. You see, I don't know who they are, but when you make it to the final, you're like, could be me. I just need to answer that one question right. What do you want for the world, please? <laughs> Jesus makes a call. (laughs) Jesus had not called the disciples, but Jesus calls a child. You call a child because they are pliable. (laughs) They are moldable. They have not learned it all. They are still excited about a teacher and what a teacher can tell them. Unlike the disciples who believe that, well, they've made it. Jesus prefers the child over the adult. Sometimes I have folks, director, they come to me and they want to they wanna tell me what to do. They want to give me advice, you know. They, they want to act like I ain't been here, double their age, all this type of stuff. You know what I do? Nothing. Because I realize at that point, I better become just like a little child and say nothing. Let them be brilliant in their own mindset. Let them do them. I'm just going to be a child. I'm going to take the licking and keep on ticking. And then we'll see it in five months. We'll see it in six months, a year, two years, and three years that they're still ticking their own way, blocking every blessing that God would have for them. Meanwhile, we grow from strength to strength, from glory to glory. Why? Because we realize 
that the battle is not mine. The battle is the Lord. I'm not going to be a big bear wolf. I'm not going to be a punching pastor. I'm just going back away. Stage left, stage right. Exit the building, leave the conversation. But understand that God let me be a little child. And God in this matter, show me, show them, show us how to live for your glory. They're around Jesus, and they still don't know who Jesus is. Come on, somebody. They're they're around Jesus, but they've known Jesus for his works. Not for the wonder of who Jesus is. Uh, They don't mind the miracle, but they want him to stay the man. They they don't want Jesus to lift himself up. They had no idea that that was the whole plan. That a hated and rejected Jesus would be lifted up for the sins of mankind on the cross of Calvary. But here they are walking around with Jesus and all of a sudden it's body Jesus. Hey, that's my G.J. You know, that's how we do. And yet Jesus to, to, to come and, and present a lesson here, he presents the antithesis, the very opposite. He places the little boy in the midst of them. Take your eyes off of yourself. Take a look at this child right here. I said, they think they are. Jesus said, they're not. They think they're looking at the child and saying, that child's got a long way to go. Jesus said, no, that child is there right now. My God, as we begin this new church year, can I, can I beg of the church? Can I beg of the adults to, to get like a little child? I don't know it all, Pastor. What, what I'm going to learn? What's God going to teach me? I don't know. What's my next step? Uh, show me the way. Show me the way. Show me the way. I can't make this, take this journey by myself. Lord, I need your help. I'm a little child. I made it. I haven't made it. I haven't made it. I had a shame. always going to be here. Ain't always going to feel like doing what I'm doing now. My time one day, one decade, really one decade. It's going to come and I want to make sure that we have trained the next generation in how to go from glory to glory. How to be a voice for our times right now. An ever present voice of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. So many churches are emptying. So many churches are dying because we have not invested in the youth. But I got look around show me the child show me the way lord show me the child god show me the way god show me the child lord show me the way i I know we're like we're gonna go for it we're gonna be the best you know me i i want the best huh i want the best band i want the best prayers team i want the best worshipers i just want the best but yet I understand that to be the best, we've got to be meek. We've got to be lowly. We've got to be like a child. Like we really don't know who we are. And that way, we lean not to our own understanding, but we trust in God. And when we lean on God totally, he does this miraculous thing that I can't do. And when you look up, we have just become the kingdom. We have just become the best. Jesus, do you get it, church? My God. anybody that's what adults do don't push anybody aside don't plan to get this one kicked out just work your own work just play on the play field enjoy your recess enjoy your lunch be like the little children patty cake patty cake bake us man bake me a cake as fast as you can put it all together 
and erasm. Hopscotch. Come on now. Come on. Throw that stun. enough energy I have right there. (laughs) Yet I'm here to tell you something, church. Something miraculous just happened. You saw a pastor playing, being childlike, and it brought about laughter. It brought about joy. For a moment, you just lost yourself. Some of you went back 60 years remembering what you used to do, playing cowboys and Indians. I was always an Indian, running through the hills of Loyal Hill, doing what I do, get that board, skated down the road. I went driving with my mom on this week or last week to Loyal Hill. I said, what was I doing on a piece of cardboard and that slippery from Micah going down the hill. You lost your mind. No. Yes. Yes. The child loses their mind and because they do there is a joy in life. Church, that's why God says, I want you to lose your mind. Don't be the adult in the room. Let God be in the room. Operate. Not by your sight, but by the insight of the kingdom. Let's bring the joy back. Let's bring the pleasure back. Let's bring the fun back so that the world will see what it means to have the kingdom. To have the kingdom. They want to be great. Jesus just told them to be gracious. They want to be big. Jesus just told them to begin again. They want to be magnificent. Jesus just told them to be miniatures. They want to be royalty. Jesus just told them to be rugrats. They want to be important. Jesus just told them to be insignificant. Church, the essence of this demonstration lesson by Jesus is that Jesus wanted them to experience pediatric metamorphosis. Now you get it. They have great hope and possibilities ahead. They carry no personal, listen to it, imputed drama. They have an innate desire to get along with everybody. They do not harbor hatred and resentment. They get over being corrected pretty quickly. They don't plan to commit carnal crimes or crimes against humanity. They love life. They love recess and lunchtime. They want to live carefree. Why the 12-year-old? Why the 10-year-old? Why the 9-year-old crying, bothered, having nightmares? Because some adult has imputed their drama upon the children. And the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven comes against you. (laughs) 
So forget planning to make it happen. Trust God, church. Trust God with childlike faith and watch it happen. I can recall times in my life when I could not figure out how God was going to cause the things that he showed me to become reality. My current status made no sense as to how I would get there. Yet, as I lived each day, day by day, one day at a time, I have experienced time turn into vision, vision into manifestation. Why? Because I could not do it. Whoosh. I needed my elder brother, uh, my father and the Holy Spirit to do their work. My God, do your work. I don't know. How, do your work. Do your work. As a child, as it were, I had no work permit. Lord Jesus, come on now. Huh? And the Trinity. Oh, God. Give the Trinity their work permit. How grant them their status in your life. Let them be a resident in your life. Let them take up a bird in your life so that you can accomplish what you need to. My God, imagine a Bermuda full of the Holy Ghost. Imagine a Bermuda that when the godly people walked down the road, that people parted the ways and they recognized that this is a presence. Huh? Oh, it happens when I step in a room, people go quiet. People take a little look. You know, I step in the elevator, all the conversation stops. Don't you know that I understand? They recognize that somebody different just stepped in the elevator. Somebody different just stepped on the floor. And that's all right. That's all right. Shut it down because a child has just entered in. Shut it down because I have faith and confidence in God. Shut it down because God is in control of this moment. Hiya. He knows how I think. He does when I expect him to talk. I walk in that particular room and my ears are pierced. Ah, they are inclined. Talk, God, what you're saying. Hi. And he says, yes, I've trained you that way. Yes, I've trained you for such a time as this. When you thought you had lost it all, when they took away everything, I was just setting up everything. Come on, somebody. That God will never remove anything from you. Except that he has something greater to give to you. You've got to understand the will of God. He is your father. He knows what you need. He cares for you. Don't you know that the sparrows have no need of concern? Come on, the lilies in the field, don't they look beautiful? They don't toil, they don't toss, they don't worry about it. Yet I see the chickens. They just know that they're all right. And it blows my mind. How can chickens, one little, two, little four-pound chicken, stop the traffic? There's a confidence. And then every time I see it, I think of it, say, why did the chicken cross the road? I say, because I lost the minds. <laughs> but I understand in their nature, their way is we get to cross. And when you see us and we're walking slow enough, it's almost like they think they have the police on the side. And that if we knock them down, the police are going to arrest us. They have some sort of power. Yet I believe that if sparrows, if pigeons, if birds can have such a carefree life, knowing that God will supply for them, what about you? What about me? That's why we can't overthink it. We've got to release our minds. Stop overthinking things. Jesus takes them to task. For he teaches that not only must you humble yourself as a little child, but you must seek the presence of children. Ha! You must serve the children. <laughs> I had to shake my head and smile when I got this. For if greatness in the kingdom of heaven is compared to receiving children, it makes sense that the most targeted area where it is difficult to get members to serve is concerning children. 
<laughs> Big statement of the sermon. Here it is. Satan does not want the children served. Jesus, the perfect teacher, the righteous teacher, heaven's teacher, teaches a perfect lesson and yet has them to add something. Jesus has to add a dire warning. Why? Because even when Jesus teaches a lesson, there's no guarantee that the adults will get it or even want to get it. How about that? Perfect Jesus and the missing the lesson. Therefore, Jesus adds a consequence of missing this teaching lesson. Six, but whoso shall offend one of these little ones which believe in me, it were better for him that a millstone were hanged about his neck and that he were drowned in the depth of the sea. Understand this, church, that when you offend a little one, you place something illegal in their lives for the rest of their lives. A child abandoned may suffer abandonment issues for the rest of their lives. A child raped or molested in some way may have issues with areas of trust and intimacy for the rest of their lives. A child of divorce may have feelings of self-blame and loneliness for the remainder of their lives. A child feeling unloved by a parent will have issues of seeking love in all the wrong places for the rest of their lives. A child demeaned by a teacher may carry feelings of failure for the rest of their lives. A child laughed at and teased may have feelings of inadequacy and a loss of self-esteem for the rest of their lives. Church, what a murderous thing to abuse a child in their youth and watch that abuse play out for the rest of their lives. Yet this punishment, Jesus, is deemed right for those who offend a child. That he should be drowned in the depths of the sea. This is New Testament too. No escape, no parole, no defense, no counseling, death. To weigh a child down with the abuses of this world is a weight that you will have to pay for. And Bermuda's paying for him. Church, as I thought on this, God had me to take this further. (laughs) For it is one thing to ignore the children and disrespect them so that you don't care for them as you should. What about the parents who place weights of this world around the necks of their children because they never introduced their children to Jesus. Should not, no, 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 no child should see uncle this and that coming in the house. No child should be sitting next, uh, in a room next to parents and hearing certain songs. You know what I'm saying? That should be, that's not, that's abuse. That's exposing a child to things that they're going to, it's going to torture them in their future so that they grow up not thinking that sex is a lovely thing, but thinking it's torment because of how it made them feel. Come on, Bermuda. No child should see a parent rolling up weed. Showing them where plants are are growing in the house. Thereby getting them accustomed to the smell. Huh? You are abusers. And you want to kick up about the pedophile that they're about to release? Well, you stop abusing your children. Oh, come on up in here, church. I'm talking about a kingdom standard. God cares about the children. You 
person does profane words or does cuss words. Now the child's cursing at school and you want to kick up and fight the teacher. What you teaching you? Hey, 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 hey. Huh? While we got trouble at the bus stop. While some children, even in preschools, nobody has to tell me. You got the boy gets the girl and one is trying to hump her in the side. Come on now. On the side. Where are they learning that from? I tell you, God said that it was better for you. You must say he wants you to die rather than abuse a child. That's that's the weight of the kingdom. We don't think it's serious. Huh? Then what about the parent? What about the parents? They had the child in church growing up. But then when that child got 10, 11, and 12, because the parent weren't in church, the children said, well, I don't need to go to church. You're drowning your children. And God said, Yo, the weight of drowning should be placed on you. I'm talking about abuse. <laughs> parents today are not placing their child or children in the midst of Jesus. No wonder there are those who act up in ways we cannot comprehend. Then everybody becomes a psychologist. Everybody complaining. Okay. I would dare say that they have not been placed in the midst of Jesus. They have not learned about the golden rule, about righteousness, about peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. So in essence, they are living out a life void of God's love. And they love what they love. You see, listen, contrary to popular opinion, love is not love. The mama told them this was love. But now they ain't with this. You're confusing them. Today there are spiritual millstones around the necks of many parents who are drowning in the sea of shame. That's what it is. I'm got it. I'm got it. A lot of them really aren't having a good life because they're ashamed of what they've shown their children. They're ashamed, but they don't want to admit it. So they hide in it and they go deeper in the sin, deeper in the sin. Well, by the grace and power of God, I'm letting every parent know that you don't have to die in the shape that you're in. The potter wants to put you back together again. You don't have to stay drowning and having it that your children drown too. No, God will save you and God will save your children. Take heed that you despise not one of these little ones. Watch this. For I say unto you that in heaven their angels do always behold the face of my father which is in heaven. I don't care what you do to that child. I know it's tough. But you have to hold on. You have to say, wow, come on now, come on. I had to, I've been through some things. Don't think I've been through some things. When I say, God, you see this? Huh? You think pastor, when her child was abused? Out of the church and in the church? You think pastor didn't want to take up a knife and kill somebody? My husband had a home. If that hits the calm one, if I could have killed him. Hmm? But I had to learn, go by the word, see go by the word. God is not winking and is not blinking that God's angels stand and bear witness of what you did to that child. The children have angels and they're communicating the angels to God for what you do to the children. Every child, every teenager abused. I want them to know God loves you. And if you can have the strength, if somebody can show you Jesus Christ, you will survive this. You will thrive. You will finish high school. You will finish college. Your life is not finished. God will enable you to be a success in spite of the scars, in spite of the scars. I'm not going to focus on the scars. There's healing after the scars. There's deliverance after the scars. Oh, but there is forgiveness. 
There is forgiveness for the parent that dropped the ball. God will forgive you. Bring that child back into the kingdom. Come back home. Come back home. Because not only does God want to save the adults, he wants the children saved. Join us for our next episode of Real Nurse Real with Reverend Dr. Maria Seaman, brought to you by Shekinah Worship Center, Bermuda. Blessings abound.